just well done, just over and over again. I just feel like the Father's saying, well done, each and every one of you, son and daughter, way to go. Um, you have made a way by opening up your home, by opening up your schedule for people to encounter the Lord in a really difficult year. So I just want to honor you guys. I, I, I want to give you a round of applause. I didn't have the mic, but I just want to say way to go. Well done. Um, and I, I'm just uh, so honored. Like I wouldn't want to be a part of any other team serving Jesus than the people in this room, truly. So just very thankful for you guys. Uh, and so tonight I wanted to share just what I've been praying into and our team's been praying into just for this summer. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, I had a sabbatical. So I had six weeks where I was charged to do nothing, okay? So it was rest, do not work, recharge. And really for the summer, that was what we were doing as a church, going through recharging on God's promises and so during those six weeks, uh, I enjoyed them thoroughly. I was with Amy a lot. I was with our, our kids a lot. Uh, I was reading more. I was sleeping in. We um, got backyard chickens, of all things. I don't know if that was, uh, uh, yeah, that, it's funny. I share all that. I, I saw a Christian counselor to help me, you know, guide me through the sabbatical. But whenever I mention chickens, people are like, let's talk more about that. So, um, it is a quirky thing, but, uh, but we were, we were uh, you know, as a return to work, my main goal was like, I just wanted to see people again, because we really did. We were away for a lot of time, so I was just meeting with people and saying, how are you doing, connecting with them, uh, and as I was uh, meeting with people over the summer, uh, just lunches and coffees, just over and over again, people said, hey, I'm thankful, but I'm, I'm weary. I'm tired. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful things are opening back up again, but... I'm tired, I'm weary, and I need to be recharged, need to be replenished, and so people pulling back, and the summer is normally a time where we recharge in our church, like rhythms, uh, so that wasn't abnormal, but just the amount of, of, of that theme coming through over and over again was just really apparent. And so in one of these uh, lunches I was having with people in the church, and uh, it was with Jared Coulter at Chipotle uh, over our burrito bowls, having, you know, we're all good discipleship meetings happen now. Uh, when I was in college, it used to be Starbucks. Now it's definitely upgraded to Chipotle. But we were just connecting on life and saying, hey, Jared, where do you and Amanda see yourself serving next year? And um, we had had a previous conversation where they were going to go and pray about it and come back. And so Jared... Um, in that uh, conversation, he said, uh, well, I, I prayed about it, and actually me and Amanda feel led to start a brand new life group. And I almost choked on my burrito bite and wanted to get up and hug him, but I thought that would be awkward because I was not expecting that response. I was not expecting him to say that. So I played it cool. I said, okay, tell me, tell me more about this. Tell me more. Uh, I was very, very excited at his response, as you can imagine, and he explained that this is his third year in Dallas, Jared's third year in Dallas. And as they were praying, a scripture came up from 2 Kings 19.29 that says, this year, it says, in the first year, you will eat what grows by itself. In the second year, what springs up from that. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. And so I won't go into all of what that scripture means. It's very interesting. But when he said in the third year, sow, it just kind of, something, something was highlighted. It was almost like, you know, you see a word just jump out at you when you're reading your Bible or um, just a lyric that you can't get out of your head. And he just said, it's time to sow 
that's what just kept coming up in my, hand, in, in my head. And so, um, Lord, I was just praying this whole summer, God, we need a word from you because we can't make it without you. you know, like, we, we, in many ways, are taking steps forward in faith of planning a new church within, uh, within um, the Metroplex, which we are so thrilled about. Uh, we, are, we have seen God do amazing things with planning ungra- uh, unbound, not unground, unbound. But I feel like God's saying we already are a season of sowing. Sowing and planting are basically the same thing. We're planting a church. Uh, we've just planted... Um, Unbound North Texas, and, and seeing that established. And so there's, there's and those things took, I mean, I've, I just had my nine-year work anniversary at this church, and just seeing the amount of prayers and conversations and seeds sown over the years to see that finally come to bear fruit, uh, God has just been so faithful to us, even in the midst of such a difficult time. And so, um, so I felt like the Lord was just bringing back to this, this, this theme of sowing. And now, I said, like, as I thought about it, sowing is not the most exciting verb to me. Harvest seems a little bit more like, okay, like, we get to have Thanksgiving. We get to eat what the fruit is. But sowing's like, all right, you know, we get to go out and drop some seeds and come back and check tomorrow, and there's still nothing, and you water, and there's still nothing. And, you, and there is a delayed gratification within sowing. Uh, there, there is a delay in the sowing and the reaping. And so a lot of times those testimonies don't make the highlight reel of when you shared the gospel with someone and it was not received well, or, or the time you showed up to life group when you, didn't, when you were tired. Like those are all seeds sown over time, which I'm going to talk about, that bear fruit, but in the moment they don't seem that significant. But yet our God is a sower. In the parable of the sower, Jesus is the one sowing out Seeds of the kingdom, the word of God is going out and it's going out liberally and it's going out all over the place. And at some point in your lives and in my life, those seeds took root. It either, and it came through somebody or it came through uh, an encounter with the Lord, but we are here because there were seeds sown uh, from the Lord and through his church. And so I just say, it's time to sow again. It's time to sow again as a life group, and I, I just, I'm so expectant for what God wants to do um, through this, uh, through this year. Uh, and so the next question is, so what? So what? Well, yeah, there you go. Someone got it. So what? So what? Well, uh, just this year, I've like the three main ways I want us to throw, the three, so the three buckets are sowing into the Spirit, Sowing into others and sowing into worship. Okay? All right. That's so what? We want to sow into the Spirit, want to sow into others, and sow into worship. And so um, I'm going to have uh, Galatians 6 is going to be the main verse that we're going to be in. Okay? So if you want to pull it up, it'll be on the screen, but uh, let's go ahead and read it. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. And I think this is going to be a theme verse for us this year. Beginning in verse seven, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit 
will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So I believe this is God's uh, word for us, uh, at least one of the words he has for us going into this next year. And so uh, I just wanna pause and just ask God to like really speak this into our hearts. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, for the way that you've been faithful to us. God, thank you for how you have sown into us and our church. God, we pray that you would sow in this word to us so we would take it and that we would have good seed to be able to pass on to our life groups and the others this year and that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so first, sow into the Spirit. Sow into the Spirit. Uh, so that Galatians 6 Uh, seven through eight, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Do not be deceived. And so what does that mean? It means that for whatever, whatever one sows, that is what he's gonna reap. Meaning a very simple truth that when you plant, uh, what's one of the seeds on the table? Cantaloupe. When you plant cantaloupe, you're not going to get corn. When you plant a carrot, you're not going to expect to get tomatoes. Okay, it's the way God's made nature. It's the way he's, he's designed creation to be. But it's also a spiritual principle that God is saying, I am not going to be mocked. I'm not going to give you something that you didn't sow in this way. Okay, so that's what he's saying. And so in this, there's actually a warning and then there's a promise. Okay, there's a warning here that if we sow into the flesh, we will reap destruction. If we sow into the spirit, we will reap eternal life. And so just from Galatians 5, which is uh, just before this, there's a list of acts of the flesh, sexual immorality, idolatry, hatred, discord, jealousy, selfish ambition, that when we do this, that word reap destruction can also mean disintegrate, like the fabric of your life begins to dissolve, your faith begins to weaken, uh, your character, all those things, it will reap destruction from your flesh. Just like Zach was talking about, this is not the good life to take hold of, no matter what the world might say. Uh, but if we sow to the Spirit with love and joy and peace, like these are the fruits of the spirits that, that come out. Peace, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that we will reap this eternal life, not just the quantity of being with God forever, but the quality of life. And so there is a great promise that as we sow into the spirit, that we will also reap unto eternal life from the spirit, okay? And so uh, so we have this great, um, this great call, but it, but at the same time, the first four words, do not be deceived, is the whole, I would say, the message that Paul is communicating to Galatians in the whole letter. He's saying, do not be deceived over and over and over again to Galatians. That's why he's writing them. It's because he did plant a church there, uh, and then he gets word that teachers are coming in, they're flattering them, they're trying to have them incorporate something that's not the gospel, And he's saying, don't be deceived. Who has bewitched you? These kind of things. And so he's saying, don't be deceived. And so here we see that sowing into the spirit, it's not as simple as going to the tomato seed and putting in the tomato, like, and planting it, expecting it. Like, 
we can get confused. We need, uh, we need community. We need people in our lives to help us stay sowing into the Spirit because uh, we, we just drift. And then also, we can grow weary in sowing into the Spirit, it says in verse 9. We can grow weary, and we, we don't want to give up, right? And so... Um, I just, I just want to encourage you guys that as we sow into the Spirit, that life groups are in many ways the, the vehicle in which God has, placed, uh, God has placed before us for us to not be deceived, to just not be pulled away, to continue to sow into the Spirit. Um, and I want to share a testimony from Karen Sanchez, uh, who's in the Gonzalez Life Group, but she's not here tonight. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, just, I want to share a testimony with you about how Karen has experienced God move through, um, through her life group to help her sow into the spirit and not to the flesh. So Karen says, prior to moving to Dallas three years ago, I lived in Lubbock. During my time there, I didn't get plugged into a church community that I could call home. I knew I wanted to live a life surrendered unto the Lord, but my walk with him was inconsistent. I had grown too comfortable in my own ways, and that prevented me from fully stepping into what he had for me. When I moved to Dallas, I knew I didn't want to live that way any longer. I immediately jumped, uh, oh, sorry, I immediately joined and committed to Antioch, Dallas, and got plugged into a life group. I can confidently say that that was the best decision I could have made in that season. I am deeply grateful for the role life group has since played in my life. I have been stretched, challenged, and called to higher standards and encouraged in the ways of the Lord. My life, group, my life group has become my family in Dallas. I count on their support when seasons are hard and know that they will consistently or constantly point me back to Jesus. I'm so thankful for Antioch Dallas and my life group and the role they have played in my life. Praise God for Karen and praise God for her life group that she experienced life away from community. She experienced life away from a, a place where not only can she be known, not a social group only, not friends only, but a place where they can continually, constantly point me back to Jesus. Point me back to Jesus that this is eternal life. This is, this is where you're going to experience true uh, life. And so when we sow into, spirit, sow into the Spirit, one of the ways we do that is by being a life group that points people that, hey, we call ourselves discipleship communities, so we're gonna follow Jesus. We're gonna love Jesus. Let's, let's be called up to not just uh, say we follow Jesus, but let's, let's look like Jesus. Let's, let's grow in that direction. And so that's something that we're gonna sow into this year, and we have been doing, and we're gonna keep doing. Um, and so one of the ways I want to uh, share the vision is, is bring the value, but then give the practical of how this will play out. So staying with the... The, the plant analogy, if you will, uh, the trellis that the vine would grow on is the structure, um, but the vine is like the value. So sowing the spirit is the value, but what is the, what's the trellis for us to actually walk this out this year? And so one of the things is just when um, we did this last year and we're gonna redo it this year and it's getting into a rhythm with our life groups, okay? It's, it's not having, you know, every Wednesday you're, you're needing to recreate the wheel, but with these rhythms, we're going to continue to do them from last year, and they're going to have in it places where we are sowing in the value of sowing into the Spirit. Uh, and this one, I want to highlight discipleship groups is the place where this is going to be the place where you're really going to point people to grow in the Lord, uh, to grow in um, 
pointing him to Jesus and following Jesus. And so, uh, and within life groups, uh, we're going to double down on what we did last year. I know last year was a weird year and that different people jumped on and different uh, abilities to this rhythm or to discipleship groups. But we really want to double down and say, hey, this is what we want to be about this year because we think it's going to bear really good fruit. Um, And so, What do you do in a discipleship group? Uh, There's many things you do, but the trellis, if you will, for a discipleship group is that we sow in these four things into our discipleship group. So a discipleship group, you have your bigger life group. When you get into a guy or a girl, a gender-specific group that's more closed where you can build relationships over time, Um, and as you do, you are confessing sin, not because... um, not to bring shame, but to do the opposite, to remove shame and to walk out in the goodness of the gospel. Um, We pray for others. So we have lists of like, hey, who's in your life that you are praying for that's lost? Uh, We read and respond to scripture and we encourage one another. So if you're in a discipleship group, uh, those are the four practices that we want to get really good at. They're not the only thing you do, but That's the starting line, okay? So we want to sow in those things. And I tell you what, uh, some of them are, you might look at those and say, that one's great, that one's great, that one I'm not so sure about, or you might have your favorites. Um, But when we did this this past year and we confessed sin and we prayed for the lost and we read scripture, um, it's hard to put it within an hour. But uh, when you do those things, I just can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit would, would just come and we would be in tears and people would be just burdens lifted and, and buried. Just like those are simple, but often not done practices that bear really good fruit. And so uh, that's going to be discipleship groups rhythm. And so just to help everyone to grow in this, we want to sow into you as leaders. We want to sow into the people that you're calling up and asking to be a discipleship group leader. This year, I want to try something uh, different than we did last year. I want to have a discipleship group training day, okay? So from nine to noon, I would like for leaders and new discipleship group leaders to come on October 3rd. We're going to have a great time, and we're going to talk about how to have a fruitful discipleship group, okay? So if you're taking notes, um, please continue to do so, but you will have slides, so don't feel like you need to get everything down, um, verbatim. So I can send out these dates and these slides to you later. But um, yeah, so I just want to highlight that. Uh, and, and I'm super excited about the discipleship groups. Uh, cool. So next is so to others. So to others. Can you go to that slide, buddy? There you go. So to others. Um, So it says uh, in Galatians 6, 9 through 10, and let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So we talked about sowing to the Spirit, okay? So we're gonna do that mainly through discipleship groups and life groups. We're gonna talk about sowing to others. And we're gonna start with the one that says, especially to the household of the faith. We're gonna build community. We're going to build community this year. And I just, I think our church is really gifted and good at this. And I just want to say, let's continue to grow in building community. Because when you sow into relationships, just like a seed, it takes time. It takes time to uh, all those touch points that you have on a Sunday, getting coffee with people, showing up to life group when you're tired. 
those things matter, and, and they help build relationships. And, and also just committing and challenging one another to come regularly. Like it says in Hebrews 10, like if we uh, don't neglect to meet regularly, then, um, then our hearts will not grow hardened with sin, but instead we can stir up each other to, to love and the good works so that he would be glorified. So challenging people, hey, you know, where have you been? Like, I, I, not, not, not in that tone, sorry. Where have you been? But... Hey, where have you been? I just, you know, haven't seen you in a while. Just wanted to check in. Like, I know with, with the virtual life groups, that was such a challenge, and it required us to exercise that muscle. Um, maybe it's even a little bit fatigued coming into this year. And I want to say that muscle, uh, may it be ever stronger. Just kind of getting a gauge on, hey, where are people at? And I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. And, and, and inviting people not only to the life group scheduled event, but hopefully overflowing into having dinner over at your house, getting lunches, getting coffees, game nights, uh, going on retreats. I just, man, I can't say over and over again how many times those have been so fruitful and you guys are doing that. So let's keep doing that and just being authentic in your love for people. Let's build community. I wanna share a testimony um, from uh, John Sharks on this. Here he goes. This is so powerful. This is from John Charks on, on community and the role it's played in his life. I was diagnosed with cancer in April. I would not have gotten through the last few months without Life Group. There have been so many little, little things that people have done for me and my family, from driving me to chemotherapy, to fixing meals, to cleaning up our house. But the biggest thing has just been having people in our lives to go through this with us. Cancer can be a really lonely experience. It makes a huge difference to have people who can laugh and cry with us. Those relationships don't happen overnight. They come from all the times we came on a Wednesday night when we were tired or met up for coffee on a Saturday morning or helped someone move. That stuff matters. It's not as dramatic as helping someone get through cancer. You just can't do one without the other. I think that's been my, um, I think that's been my pastor heart, my 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 prayer this year, and just even, uh, just been a tough year, and people maybe more often than in normal summers saying, I just don't know if I can do it again, I don't know if I can lead life group again, and normally my response is thank you for serving, like, be released. We want to be, we want to build a culture of people making it for the long haul and not being burnt out. And yet this time, this year, I just felt led to press in, not because of they're not hearing the Lord or whatnot, but because I know that if certain groups do end up folding, that there's going to be people that when a speed bump in life does happen, they're not going to be in a place where they can say this, where they can say what John had. And so I just want to thank you guys for, it is a sacrifice. It is hard work. What he said in those things like, you know, when you're tired, met up for coffee, help someone move. There's, there's a lot of other things you can add to that list that are thankless, you know, but, and that are a sacrifice. 
But when you sacrificially love someone, it does sow a seed in their life. You're sowing a seed in the community to where John Charks and Melissa and their family can say, we are bearing fruit from places where we've chosen to build community and people have chosen to build community in us. So let's continue to do that. Let's, let's sow into building community. And so that's the value. And so how, what's one of the rhythms we're gonna do? How are we gonna live this out? And, and through hopefully many other ways, but if you'll put up that slide again, uh, there we go. Put up that slide again, that life group rhythms of the week, the third week being, calling it family meals, family meals. So there's other like, John listed here, and we could go come up with other lists of, there's many different ways to build community, but just building into this rhythm of having dinner with people, uh, having people at your table. Um, and the more I think about this, the more I'm thinking about five years down the road, 10 years down the road, I'm actually, I think this, this rhythm of having people over and practicing hospitality, of breaking bread together, uh, as it says in Acts 2.46, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I think this is going to be not only one of our favorite things, I think it's gonna be one of the most fruitful evangelistic things because this is what Jesus did. Uh, around a table, just over and over and over again. It says, John the Baptist, uh, you know, they, 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 they thought it was crazy, but Jesus, they thought he was, a, he was a glutton because he was either, you know, coming from a meal or going to a meal. He was eating with people all the time. Uh, and he was breaking down barriers over a table. Uh, and so may this be a place where we can grow as a spiritual family whenever we do have meals and, uh, and, and, and we can actually invite other people uh, who, who aren't family yet, but to treat them like family, because that's what Jesus did. He gave, them, he gave them a place to belong even before they believed, okay? And so this would be a place where our table is open and generous um, with one another, Okay, so that's, we're gonna do that, that family, family meal the third week and I wanna continue as we go throughout the year, we're gonna learn together how to do that well and so I wanna do equippings at our leader meetings. Okay, what are some good questions? What are, what are ways to make it not only just to hang out but to make it really a fruitful time? So we're gonna continue to learn and grow together. So the other way to sow, uh, sow to others is not just sowing to community but it's sowing broadly. It says in Galatians 6, as you have opportunity, do good to everyone, especially to the household of faith, but to do good to everyone. And it reminded me of Matthew 20, 18, where it says, go make disciples, which really means as you're going, make disciples. Look for opportunity to sow in to other people. Uh, in, in Matthew 13, 37, I love this. Uh, Jesus is explaining the parable of uh, the wheat and the weeds, and he's explaining it to his disciples, and he, and he says to them, the one who sowed the seed, the good seed, is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. So Jesus is saying, he's explaining the parable, and he's saying, I am the, the, the one who's sowing the good seed. And so this is not something that um, if we don't do this, God's not going to stop working on people's hearts. He's, gonna, he's already doing it. This is an invitation for us to join in with him as a, as a farmer, as a sower. Like, I wanna partner with you, God, in sowing seeds, okay? So this is an invitation, and here's, here's, that's the value of sowing broadly. Well, before we get to the, 
to the structure, I want to share with you one more testimony. This is from Sam and Nikki Sanchez, and this is how they were impacted by someone sowing a seed of invitation in their life. So Sam and Nikki, uh, if you don't know them, they are um, awesome, uh, awesome couple with two kids, and they've been serving in our kids' ministry, and um, you'll get a little idea of who they are if you haven't met them from their testimony. They said, life before finding life group was kind of lonely for us. We did not have people to go to during trials, and we had never experienced the joy in knowing other families closely or being known. We didn't experience being prayed for and, and, or loved by a community. And Antioch is the first place we found a community, and we are so thankful. We were invited by the West family after being on their baseball team and attending Antioch for a few months. I just want to underscore that they found Antioch through being invited as Jeremy was coaching his team that they sowed a scene of invitation to the Sanchez's. And they said, God has blessed us so much through life group since then that from growing in our relationship to the Lord, with the Lord to better shepherding, shepherding of our family, dropping off dinners after a miscarriage, loving on us and our children, being in community has helped us become better servants of the Lord and it's also taken us outside of our comfort zone, which has brought a lot of growth. And so I just love that that picture of where they were before they were in life group is that they were lonely. Um, They didn't have any close friends. They didn't really even know what they were missing out on, but they were invited by the West family. They were sown a seed of just, hey, would you like to come to church? Would you like to come... uh, come with us. And, and, uh, and that bore great fruit in their life. And they're actually now life group leaders with the West family about a year and a half later. So um, we just never know what sowing a seed of invitation can do. It's just want to call us up to continue to do that. And one of the ways that we're going to do that this year um, is that I want to encourage us as a, uh, as a life group ministry to um, recognize places where our people are stepping out and making disciples outside of life group, okay? So there's, there's uh, places where people are starting prayer groups at their workplace. That's just as much, you talk about 10,000 group vision, that's just as much of a lighthouse, I think, as it happening in your house. Like when you're having a prayer group at a workplace, uh, when you are inviting your coworker or neighbor or family member to have lunch, and in that you invite them to do a Bible study on the Gospel of John, like, that's a light, I think, that God's working. And so let's, let's begin to lean into that and encourage people not only to invite them to church, which is one, one way to sow a seed, invite them to life group, to a family meal, that's another way, uh, but inviting them also to encounter Jesus through studying the word with them. And so we wanna, I, I'm just, ooh, I think this is low-hanging fruit for our church. Um, one of the most life-giving things I've had happened in my life over the past year has one of my neighbors, he's a brand new believer. We talked over Christmas. He said, bro, I read Luke for the first time. Have you read that? (laughs) I was like, well, tell me more. And so we started getting coffee and started, you know, talking. I heard his story and, and we've been, uh, I just said, hey, would you like to study the Bible together? And we have just been going through a discovery Bible study on the gospel of John. um, And we're about eight weeks in, and it is one of the highlights of my, of my week. And so I just, I, I, I want other people to enter into that kind of joy of seeing that happen. And so um, we're going to call them seed groups. I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
invite someone to say, hey, would you like to join a seed group unless you're really into gardening? But for our purposes, I think it makes a lot of sense because you're sowing seeds in that person, okay? So when I say seed group, think outside of life group. We are sowing seeds and encouraging people where they're at to make disciples, okay? And I have a uh, nerd-like graph, which I hope you can read next. We'll go more into this in the equipping, but I just wanna, I just wanna walk through this real quick, and then we'll kind of begin to round the corner for me closing. Life groups have stages of growth, okay? Can y'all see that? Okay. Where it starts um, is at a place of curious consumers, okay? So it's primarily... You're coming because it's a social group. You're looking for friends. Nothing wrong with that. But the group exists to meet my needs. Okay? So in order for us to grow from that place, those people need to encounter and they need to follow Jesus. All right? So they need encouragement in that way. So then you go from the next stage, if you will, is is the committed group. And I would say this is more like a community group. You're growing like a spiritual family. You're committed to regularly come and vulnerably share uh, and, and love one another sacrificially. And here, the community part is really strong. And where we want to go, where we begin, and where we want to become is we want to grow in making disciples of Jesus as well. So don't leave the community part behind, but let's go uh, further. And these last two columns, this is where we want to grow and where we want to be. Either you're growing into a disciple-making family, which I would define as your life group. And if you have a shared neighborhood or mission, say you live with other people in your same neighborhood, and you're like, we want to be a disciple-making family in this area or at this workplace. I think that's a vision of a mature, that's where we want to be, where we have uh, life groups like that, or it's a shared people group, or it's a shared college. Now, this is a rare occurrence in Dallas. I'll admit that. But the other option is that you're a family of disciple makers, which means you come together and then you scatter on mission in different neighborhoods and places and different people, okay? Um, So you might not live in the same neighborhood, but you are all reaching out to your neighborhood. You you might not work at the same place or or you're called to different people. But this this is where we're going. If you're leading life group, you're like, hey, let's Let's not stop at one of these stages, okay? Let's not be a group that's social only, okay? That's great. Let's build true community, all right? Let's point people to Jesus. And part of pointing people to Jesus is let's not just stay at community. Let's, let's encourage one another to be disciples who make disciples, amen? Okay, awesome. I'm almost done. Here we go. So into worship, the last one, so into worship. Uh, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Um, This is something that uh, I've just um, been been pressed upon in my own life as just saying, uh, Lord, I I need you uh, more than ever. And, And just realizing that in order for me not to grow weary, I need to get in his presence. And I need to get in his presence with other people. And I think this year is a great opportunity for us to really so in to just adoring Jesus and seeking his face first uh, and, and interceding for others, interceding for our city, inter, 
intercession. And, it, and, uh, and I, I read this uh, quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones, and the paraphrase was Martin Lloyd-Jones was a uh, pastor in the mid-1950s, and he, he saw the post-Christian movement in the UK a little bit before it hit uh, America. And he just said, uh, we are trying to combat this uh, post-Christian movement um, through uh, techniques and tricks, and, and he said it's not going to work. And he, and he brought up where Jesus um, in Mark 9, 28, where his disciples are trying to cast out a demon from this boy. Uh, this, this father brings the boy to the disciples, uh, and they can't cast him out. Uh, and, um, and in Mark 9, he says, after Jesus had gone into the house, uh, if we can put that slide up, it's the next one. Yeah, after Jesus had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus answered, this kind cannot come out except by prayer. And some versions say prayer and fasting. And I think um, just what we've been through, I just realized the older I get, the more um, I am weak, but I'm willing. And I think our posture as a people would be, let us not think that we're stronger than we are, but let us not underestimate the power of, of prayer. Let us not underestimate how great our God is, and let's get, let's get in his presence, and let's sow in, and we're gonna see, um, we're gonna see him do the impossible. We're gonna see him do the things that we cannot cast out, the strongholds that are too strong for us. Uh, through prayer and intercession, God's gonna build our character, um, and we're gonna see him do amazing things. And so um, part of the, the emphasis on this this year was even changing the rhythms. And if, I don't know if you noticed last year, we started last year with the meals and then the third week was worship and prayer. And we decided to put it first, uh, just to sow into that first and foremost, the first week to grow in a hunger for this, but to kind of get the hungry together to call out to the Lord, okay? So if you imagine like there's different... Um, like in a, in a charcoal fire, the coals, when they're together, um, they're hot. But if you take a charcoal and you put it out to the side, it's going to cool eventually. But if you keep them all together, um, that fire can get really hot. And so we want to stoke the fire and bring the coals together this year. And we're going to do that by having a, a, a time of corporate prayer and worship um, during that first week. And we're calling it uh, Jesus Hour is what it has been called. I think we're gonna, that's what we're going to call it this this year as well, um, but it's going to be uh, on Thursday from seven to eight. Uh, we'll send out the schedule. Uh, it's going to start September 9th is the plan, but for that to be also something to sow into you as a life group leader, where you can go get dinner, you can come and you can worship, you can get in the presence of God with the church, and 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 even be led into that. Okay, and we can all contend for God's presence together. That sound good? And so that is something we're planning to do this fall and also on into the spring, just to have a time where we're collectively coming together and we're praying and we're worshiping on that first Thursday. And so if you want to even say, hey, we're not gonna meet on that Wednesday, but instead everyone jump in to that Thursday, that is definitely an option. If it's even encouraged if it can get more people to come. To, to the Jesus hour. So, um, so those, those are the, that's the vision. I feel like God is saying, let's sow. It's time to sow. It's time to sow this year. 
And the way we're going to sow is we're going to sow into the Spirit. Uh, we're going to sow into others, and we're going to sow um, into uh, worship. And so um, just as we close, I just want to invite y'all to stand, and, and we're actually going to go into a time of worship um, to, to close. In Mark 4, 8, in the parable of the good, um, of the, in the parable of the, of the sower, uh, it says, still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up, and it grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And so just, I know in this room that there's people at different levels of weariness or, hey, I'm fired up and ready to go, but I just want to encourage you, every seed sown uh, this year, May God do 30, 60, and 100 times more than we can ever ask or imagine in our life groups. And so I just want to pray, and then I'm going to hand it off to um, Lauren and Kyle. Lord, thank you uh, for building up your church. God, thank you, God, for um, you're the one that builds. You're the one that sows. You're the one that we uh, partner with. And I pray for each leader here, and God, and, and each life group that's represented in our whole church. God, would you do more than we can ask or imagine? Would you bear so much fruit for the glory of your name and for the good of your saints, God? And for those in our city, God, that do not know you, that do not know anything about you, and yet you love them so passionately. God, come and, and encourage us and fill us up tonight as we step out to sow this year. In Jesus' name, amen.